Manifest Your Best Dog, where we talk about how dogs think and why they're trainable. So today we're going to talk about why your dog needs you to be a good leader for them. Now, why is leadership something a dog needs? A lot of people seem to think that that's something that is not a need. You know, they think if you give the dog food, water, a nice bed, take them for a walk, give them lots of love and attention, that you're meeting all their needs. But there's really more to it than that. Because dogs are pack animals. While humans function in more of a sense of community, sort of like the saying, it takes a village, dogs function more in individual packs. So like a nucleus sort of family, if you could describe it as that. And in that pack, again, this is describing a dog that would be out in nature, surviving in the wild. You're going to have one or two dogs that are in charge, essentially. And they are the ones that are going to make the decisions about how the pack survives. They're going to decide what is dangerous and what's safe. They're going to make sure that they find food and water and shelter. So you can see how the need for a leader is an essential thing that's built into your dog's DNA. It is hardwired into their brain that this is a base level need that we as owners need to fulfill in order to have mentally healthy dogs. You can have a dog who is physically healthy and getting their physical needs met, but mentally unhealthy because they're not getting their mental needs met. And those dogs typically exhibit behavioral issues. So what exactly does leadership look like for a dog? And what happens if they don't have it present? You have dogs that you can sort of group into two categories. Dogs that want to be the leader and feel like they're confident enough and capable enough to make all those big decisions. And dogs that don't want to be the leader and tend to worry and don't want to be put into that leadership role. They really would rather follow and have someone else protect them, have someone else make sure all their needs are met. And that second category, the dogs that don't want to be the leader, is the majority. And it makes sense from, you know, a Darwinism standpoint that if all dogs were sort of genetically predisposed to want to be the leader, it would just really be a bloodbath and they would all constantly be fighting for that leadership role. Typically in the dogs, I see maybe one in every 20 dogs or so exhibit true leadership qualities. And again, the rest would prefer someone else lead them. Now, if you have the lack of leadership and you have a dog that wants to be the leader, they're going to willingly step into that role. And again, you're essentially enabling them to make all the decisions of what is safe and what is not safe. And you allow them to be in the driver's seat 
for life. This often will end up as the dog resulting in some aggressive behaviors, guarding type behaviors. Um, they might do something that people call resource guarding, where if they have food or a toy that they think no one is allowed to touch it because they're the leader and it's theirs and how dare you take it away from them, that can result in biting. That's a really common thing. And then you have the dogs that don't want to be the leader. And when they lack leadership, they typically get anxious, which is a huge problem that I see on a very regular basis. A lot of dogs, especially dogs that are like your household pet, they're anxiety ridden. And the reason why they get anxious is because they have this constant worry that they're not going to be taken care of, that they're not going to survive, that they don't have some capable, level-headed individual to defend them and make sure that they eat and drink and are safe. Now, while we provide our dogs food and water every day, they always have a safe place to sleep. Again, it's just sort of inherently ingrained that if they don't have a leader, those things may not happen tomorrow. Those dogs too, the ones that don't want to be in the leadership position and are lacking a good leader in their life, tend to get sort of reactive behaviors. If they don't already have the anxiety, which almost all of them will develop, they also tend to get possibly fear aggressive or reactive, where essentially they start to lash out because they feel so uncomfortable and so vulnerable that they feel like they need to defend themselves and they don't have the skill set to do it in a really stable way. And that's when you'll start to see things like when you're going for a walk that the dog comes unhinged just because another person and dog are walking towards you. They're really not trusting that you're a leader who is going to protect them and make sure they're safe in that interaction of meeting someone and walking past them on the street. So how do we become a leader for our dog? I would say the number one thing is that your dog needs to look to you as a capable and fair leader. Essentially, you're their boss. And we've all had a bad boss, I'm going to assume. They're not fun to work for. If you have someone who's unfair, who has standards that fluctuate and are unpredictable, it makes doing your job much harder, and it usually makes you resent them. Versus if you have a boss that is truly a good leader and inspires you to do better and work hard and be an asset to the company, it makes going to work a lot more digestible. So you want to make sure that you're fair. And in dog terms, fair equals consistent. So when you set a standard with your dog, you want to consistently enforce it. Dogs don't do well when they have those inconsistencies because they look to it as a real character flaw. That if you're inconsistent, it's not 
a solid behavior pattern. In the wild, something is dangerous or something is not dangerous. And it's black and white. If you come across a bear, it's a danger. And while it might not result in a bear attack, you still get that adrenaline spike and do what you need to do to protect yourself. And the same goes for the dogs. So if they start to witness a lot of inconsistent behavior, they think that there's no way you could possibly be able to perceive what is and is not dangerous for them. So it essentially discounts you as a solid leader. So number one is setting those standards and sticking to them. Again, a lot of people I'll see maybe set the standard, but then they get tired because they worked all day or their kids' friends are over and it's the weekend and the house is a little crazy. And all of a sudden that standard that you had set for the dog Monday to Friday goes out the window and they allow the dog to do something that the dog shouldn't be doing. And then come Monday, the dog gets in trouble for repeating the same behavior and again, that bodes for an unstable set of behaviors from the owner. So you want to be stable and consistent. Another thing that you need to do is help them feel secure. And the way to do that is to step into that leadership role and essentially, in body language, tell them that you're going to protect them from danger. If your dog pulls you and walks out ahead during a walk, you're not in the position to make sure that they're safe if you encounter something dangerous. If they blast past you every time you open the door, you're not checking for danger before you're allowing them to go. And that will lead us in to a few things that you can do to establish yourself as the leader with your dog every day. Another thing that you have to do is set healthy boundaries, which sort of goes along the lines of that stable and consistent behavior that we talked about first. So setting boundaries that you don't allow the dog to invade your space and jump on you. You don't allow the dog to pull you when you walk down the street. You don't allow the dog to rush in and out of the door. Establishing your space and setting those healthy boundaries for what the behavior needs to look like is going to tell the dog that you are stable, you are solid, and you are someone that should be respected. If you need to put it into human terms, think of how you interact with your boss. If your boss is very professional, they have very solid work standards, that they expect everyone to abide by, you look to them as a solid professional. If your boss is all over the place and one moment they have one standard, another moment they have another, or they're inviting you out for drinks and acting inappropriate, you're not going to look to them as a solid professional leader. And that's essentially how it relates to the dogs. They need to see you as a solid stable, and competent leader. 
So what are those things that you can do to help your dog see you as the leader? One of them is owning the food. This is part of why I don't advocate for treat training. Except for when a dog is a very young puppy, maybe under four months old, they would be earning their food. So treat training with a dog up to four months can be effective, but past that, a productive member of a pack is going to need to earn their keep and earn their ability to eat with the pack. And the leader, because the leader is such a vital member of the pack, always eats first. The other dogs are respectful of it, and this happens because if they're is enough food to feed eight dogs, but the pack has 10 dogs, it means you're going to have a couple go hungry. And you don't want one of those two dogs that's going to go hungry for the day be your leader, because without your leader, you can't survive. So they allow the leader to eat their fill, they respect their space, and then when the leader's done, the rest of the pack goes in and fights over what's left. So if you can own the dog's food sources, and I'm not saying don't give them cookies, um, treats are fine. You absolutely can give your dogs treats. Mine gets some every day. And you're giving them a treat because they're a good productive pack member, not because you're a treat dispenser and you're doing things to bribe them with the food. So if you can own the food, I have a video on how to teach your dog to wait patiently when you feed them. I can link it in the comments. You essentially tell the dog in dog language that you are the leader, that you're owning the food, and since leaders own the food, therefore you are the leader. You want to make your dog sit and wait patiently when you put their food down for every meal, and same thing goes for a treat or a cookie. Make them sit, make them wait, and politely hand it over to them. Don't allow your dog to jump on you and grab it out of your hand or rush into your space while you're getting it ready for them. They need to learn to respect your space and the boundaries that they don't eat until they're released. So you can start to give a word like okay or go ahead, some sort of release command that tells them it's your turn to eat now because the leader has handed over the food. Another thing you can do that establishes you as the leader for your dog is own your space in narrowed areas. So that is doorways, I would say, are the number one. Hallways, stairwells, anything that gets narrowed that the two of you don't comfortably fit through. And the reason for this is in the wild, the leader is going to be the one to go first and check for danger. If there's no danger, then they let the pack go through. But say you can relate it to something like they're walking through a canyon or a narrowed space, and when they get to the end of that narrowed space, the leader's going to go first, make sure the coast is clear, and then they'll send the pack through where it's safe. So you want to own those doorways. You want to be the one to make them sit and wait while you check for danger and make sure it's safe and then allow them to go out. 
you should do this every time you go through a door. If you're just leading your dog through the door, you go first and they follow, or at least they stay at your side. If it's something like letting them out into the backyard, make them sit, make them wait, open the door, and when you're ready to send them out, then allow them to go through. This also goes for their crates, so they shouldn't just rush out of the crate when you open the door. You own that space, and they should sit and wait politely while you open the crate up. Another thing you can do that's going to help your dog look to you as a leader is set healthy boundaries and standards. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but when you set those standards and keep them consistent, the dog is going to look to you for stability. And a standard can be anything. It can be that they have to sit and wait for dinner, wait for the door, all those things that you just keep consistent throughout their day-to-day -day life. And another thing that you can do that's going to help them look to you as a leader is own your personal space. So the leader of the pack isn't going to have dogs jumping all over them. That's sort of puppy behavior that you'll witness within, you know, younger dogs that they may roughhouse. Maybe older dogs may play occasionally, but for the most part, the adult functioning members of the pack really respect one another's space. And this is where jumping comes in. So one standard that you can set is that you own your space and the dog is not allowed to invade it. It's not that you can't cuddle with your dog or invite them for, you know, a pet, something like that. But it should be just that, an invitation. Your dog shouldn't jump on top of you without you asking them to enter your space. Um, this is something that people really inadvertently teach their puppies because it's sort of a societal norm that when you get a puppy, people get the high-pitched voice, they get all excited, they invite the puppy to jump up on them because it's cute and they're little. And then they wonder, 10 months later, why they have an 85-pound dog jumping on them. And then now it's a behavioral pattern that you're going to struggle to fix. So if you do have a puppy and you have the upper hand to start working with them at a young age, set that standard from when they're just little pups that you're not allowed to jump up on me. If I want you in my space, I'm going to invite you in my space. And other than that, you have to be respectful and be a respectful member of the pack. And lastly, something that you can do to instill the idea that you're the leader with the dogs is go on productive walks with them. Now, this doesn't mean that your dog can never walk ahead of you, but it's when you allow them to and they should never be pulling on the lead. Because when they pull on the lead, they're essentially taking you by the hand and dragging you wherever they see fit. If that was a pack traveling from point A to point B, those sub-level dogs of the pack would not be the ones making the decisions about where and how they were getting there. 
So if you allow that your dog to make the decisions about where you walk, how you get there, and when you're going to go, you're putting them into the leadership position. If you want them to look to you as the leader, you need to dictate where you're going, how you're getting there, and the path that you're going to take to go. So you want your dog walking at your side and parallel to you. When the dog cuts across in front of you, they're choosing the path of travel. The way you can correct this is by taking your knee, touching it to their shoulder, and sort of putting them back on a parallel trajectory to you so that you're the one choosing where you walk and how you get there. And again, I've got some videos about how to teach your dog to walk on the lead. It's not something we could cover in just a simple podcast or work with a trainer one-on-one in order to learn how to do that. But if you start to travel with your dog in a productive manner that you're dictating when they can go out ahead and when they need to stay at your side, you're further instilling that you're the pack leader. And if you can do all of these things, on a regular basis, feeding your dog, letting them outside, going for a walk, walking through a doorway or a hallway. Those are all things we do with them every day. So if you can do those all consistently with clear boundaries and consistent behaviors, then you can establish yourself to be the leader without much quote-unquote training because you're setting yourself up to have the healthy boundaries and healthy relationship with your dog that they need. And then again, if you can get your dog to see you as the leader and feel as though there is a capable, competent, fair leader present for them all the time, you're going to alleviate their need to fill that gap of the leadership role, which again will alleviate for those dogs that feel like they can be the leader, aggressive type behaviors, or the dogs that don't want to be in the leadership role, your anxiety and reactive type behaviors. So it'll fix things on both ends of the spectrum. And it's why it's really an essential need for all dogs, despite their age, breed, or attitude.